0: This is Cody Ray Miller, and you're listening to the Dude Fuel Podcast. When I was younger, after I had been diagnosed with a heart condition at age seven, my doctor said, hey, you can't play contact sports anymore. For the last two years, I, or maybe it was a year and a half or so, I had been playing league soccer and um, sort of enjoying it. I mean, I was a kid, right? So I enjoyed running around. I remember not really understanding the point of soccer. Like, I knew the point. I knew that we were trying to get the ball in into the goal. But I didn't fully understand like the mechanics and like why it was fun for a lot of people. I just knew I was running around and I got to get a Capri Sun at the end of the game. I feel like Brian Regan, uh, if you've ever uh, listened to uh, Brian Regan's stand-up comedy, he talks about how he was that kid out there in the baseball field. And he was just out there because at the end of the game he got a free snow cone, right? So he was like, free snow cone! So he was playing baseball out there, not really caring or, or paying attention to the game. Uh, he was just there for the free snow cone. I was just kind of there because I got to run around, and uh, and that felt fun as a kid. Uh, I wasn't very good at. <laughs> At maneuvering the soccer ball, uh, and again, I didn't really understand the mechanics or team play or anything like that. Um, I was just kind of there because it was fun to run, and I got a Capri Sun at the end, right? <laughs> and so, um, you know, that was kind of the extent of my sports playing as a kid, and then when my uh, cardiologist, you know, they found this heart problem, they said, look, you're not going to be able to play contact sports anymore, it didn't seem like a huge loss. Uh, As I got a little bit older, they talked about, you know, you still want to stay in shape, and if you do want to play some sports, you can play tennis or golf. Those were the two sports that they put forth and said, you know, these are okay because they're not contact sports, right? So my parents uh, gave me tennis lessons, and I hated that. I absolutely hated that. Maybe it was because I was in Texas, and it's uh, uh, approximately uh, 300 degrees in the summer. I don't know. But I remember running back and forth on the tennis court and just being so hot and just like just so uncomfortable and going god i don't care about this little freaking ball or hitting it back and forth it's a very futile game really if you try to play it right because you're just like you hit it and then it comes flying back at you and you hit it again it comes flying back at you so needless to say i did not become a champion tennis player. In fact, I hated tennis, and I I finally told my parents I didn't want to... uh, I don't remember how the conversation went, I guess, but I I think I said something, just uh, wasn't enjoying it, and so I didn't continue with my tennis lessons. Sadly... I didn't give any attention to golf, and I certainly wish I had now in retrospect, because I love the game of golf now as an adult. But as a kid, there wasn't any real draw to it. Uh, It was the same sort of thing as with tennis. It felt like you're trying to hit this itty-bitty ball with this giant, long, long, long stick, right? Which, I mean, that's hard for anybody to do, let alone a kid who's not coordinated, right? I'm like seven years old after I have the, the surgery, right? So, uh, I've grown up and I've come to enjoy the game of golf, but I'm not super fantastic. And when I say I'm not super fantastic, this is funny, some people say, oh, I'm not very good at golf, okay? And then they're going to go out and it's going to be like, oh man, see, I got a double bogey on every hole, which by the way, that's two over par for those who don't play. And they think that's not good. No, no, let me tell you, if I was shooting double bogeys all the time, I would be freaking elated, right? Like I would be so happy. No, no, when I say I'm not good at golf, let me tell you my experience this morning. So I get out to the golf course. It's a new golf course, never been there before, but it was affordable, pictures look good, and it was actually close to my house. So I thought this could be a good chance for me to find a place to play on a regular basis. So I pull up and sure enough, this is a beautiful, beautiful course. And so, um, I get out there, I check in at the clubhouse, I get my golf cart and I head out to the first hole, right? You guys like, Hey, you can't miss it. Drive down the cart path. You're gonna see the big stone there. And sure enough, I do. It says one par five, right? And I get out there and it's very intimidating to me because this very first hole is, uh, I w- it was somewhere around like 560 yards to uh to the green right and again if you don't play golf give you a little bit of perspective you know 250 to 300 yards is is kind of your your typical like really nice drive okay like if you're a professional maybe you're hitting more than 300 yards but 250 to 300 yards is a very good very solid drive right and uh for me I know because I've been to the the, the driving range enough I know that I hit my driver a whopping 160 yards okay something like that that's a good day that's a good hit most of the time if I don't get a solid hit I'm going hundred yards out there right so I'm looking at this thing and I'm thinking oh my god this is gonna take me forever but I already told myself I'm gonna play the tees that are furthest up So again, if you don't play the game of golf, you have tee boxes and some are further back and some are closer, so you can, you know, sort of play a a shorter or longer game depending on your skill level. So I've already told myself, I'm hitting the ladies tees, I am up in the red the red tee box, right? Because I just want to come out here and have a good time. And the guy at the clubhouse had even said, you know, they were really, really, really super busy um, today. He's like, I don't know why we're so busy today. And that gave me a lot of anxiety because I know that people are like going to start piling up behind me. And golf is this game of like, Hey, hit your ball and move on. Right. And you know, people generally on the golf course are going to have patience with you, but I didn't want to be a tool out there, you know, hitting it a hundred yards, you know, 50 yards <laughs> with each shot and, uh, and wasting everybody's time. So I get up to the red tee box, which, uh, Yeah, looked intimidating (laughs) in and of itself, but it shortened the course uh, considerably. So now I've got like 460 yards to the green. And so I get up to the red tee box and, uh, you know, set up my shot and I take a practice swing. Felt pretty good, right? And I thought, I don't normally like to, you know, I'm not that guy who's going to sit up there and take like five practice swings, right? If my practice swing felt good, I'm just going to step up, I'm going to move up to the ball, and I'm going to take my shot so i take a swing and i miss most of the ball and uh, so my ball goes rolling mostly maybe 40 50 yards but there are like these little rolling hills and so i'm like trying to follow the ball and the sun's kind of in my eyes and i can't really track it so i go okay you know hey play it as it lies right so I was like, all right, I'm going to get down there. I'm going to get my iron. I'm going to pop this baby onto the fairway and we're going to move on. But my anxiety is really, really building. And I look back and there's literally three golf carts lined up behind me. Now I have a tea time and I know for a fact that it's not even their tea time yet. So I mean, I get it. But here I am with three carts behind me, and I'm a doofus, or I feel like a doofus, out there looking for his ball that he just completely just about missed. I I think I topped it, you know, horribly. And it's now rolling out, and I go out there, and I can't find my ball. Like, I'm looking everywhere. Again, there's like these little rolling hills, so I keep trying to look like behind them and left and right. And I don't have the most spectacular vision either. So I know you don't know this. We probably haven't met in real life. Um, Yeah, I have a really um, very high glasses prescription, and so I don't really have much peripheral vision. Okay, if it's not like right in front of me, I'm probably not going to see it. So this gives me a lot of anxiety, especially when I'm doing something like searching for an itty bitty freaking tiny ball in the rough (laughs) over all these rolling hills at a course I've never even been to before. So another golfer on on another hole, he sees me looking, you know, and and golfers really are super nice people. And he you know says, hey, you looking for your ball? And I said, yeah. And he said, well, there's one over here. And I'm like, oh, thank the Lord. Like this is gonna be my, my ball sitting over here. So I get over there and he says, top flight. And that doesn't really hit my ears correctly, but I'm like, yeah, <laughs> so I walk a little closer and it's a white golf ball and I'm playing a yellow ball. And I then remember I'm playing a Titleist, not a Top Flight anyway. So I say, no, and He said, oh, he goes, I guess that's mine then. <laughs> and So I go back to looking for the ball and I'm looking back I'm trying to act casual, but I'm looking back. And now you've got three golf carts lined up and there's a fourth golf cart that's like coming up. And I'm just like out here like a doofus, 50 yards from the tee box, looking for my ball alone. So I don't have anyone to help me. I don't even have anyone to like talk about it with, joke about it with, relieve some tension. And my anxiety is just going crazy. So I keep looking Not much longer because at this point I was like, you know what, I'm going to turn around and go back and I'm going to see if I can get another tea time for when this course isn't so busy because I'm feeling really self-conscious, really embarrassed right now. So I decide that I'm just gonna go back to my cart. I still can't find my ball, and here's the crazy thing. There's like not obstacles. There are like, this is not, I'm not in the woods looking for my golf ball. Like it's just a bunch of rolling hills, and the rough is like not very rough. It's like semi-rough. It's like not that bad. But I cannot find this yellow freaking golf ball. It's fluorescent yellow, and I'm so annoyed, and I'm so embarrassed, and my anxiety is just going nuts. And about the time I decide that I'm gonna go back and get in my golf cart, I turn around and my ball is just like right there. It's just like right in front of me. Like as soon as I turn around, it's just like, hey, I've been here the whole time. So again, now I'm like even more embarrassed cause I'm thinking, oh my God, it was, it's right here and I've been searching all over. So I pick up my ball in disgust. I hop back in my golf cart, turn around, and just started driving the wrong way on the cart path, moving back to the clubhouse. And one of the guys in the carts, as I pass him, again, there's four carts lined up now. <clears throat> one of the guys, as I pass him, he's like, oh, you changed your mind? I said, yes, for sure. <laughs> I for sure changed my mind. So I'm taking, this is like the golfer walk of shame. This is like the, I suck so bad that I need to not play here with all you fine people anymore. So I go back to the clubhouse and, uh, I just tell the guy, I say, look, y'all are way too busy and I I need way more practice for me to be out here today. And and the guy was super nice about it. Again, this is what I'm telling you, golfers are nice people. He was super nice. He was like, Do you want to play the back nine? There's nobody out there yet. But I was so rattled, I was just so frustrated and in such a horrible state of mind. I said, No man, it's really okay. And I'm just I'm just prepared to walk away and just completely, you know, lose my money, so to speak. I mean what, I hit one shot, right? Because I just want to get out of there at that point. And the guy was super nice. He wrote me a little voucher. He's like, "Dude, just come back. You know, you already, you know, paid. I get it. We're busy today. I don't know why." And so we we chatted a little bit about you know days they might not be as busy. And he writes me a little voucher to come back, you know, to to play around. And I really really appreciated that. But I tell you this story because that was a horrible experience for me. It's only now in the middle of the day after I've cooled off from that whole experience that I'm, you know, able to even somewhat chuckle about it, that it was kind of funny that I'm out there looking for my ball over these rolling hills. And it's like right, there. it was just, it was a little comical in hindsight, but in the moment it wasn't. And I think this is true for so many things in our lives that when you're going through it, you know, they say you can't see the forest for the trees, right? We're blinded by the things that are right there. You know, the, the last thing a fish is going to notice is the water, right? Because he's in the water, right? That's just a just a part of it, right? It's just a part of his existence. And so, you know, it was only after taking some time this afternoon that I was able to gain that new perspective. And I decided that I wanted to share this on the podcast today Because for me, the lesson is going to be, hey, so you had a bad day, things didn't go as planned, make sure that you get back out there. Like, make sure you get back out on the golf course and you don't let this experience be a defining moment where you just give up on a game that you really do enjoy because you had a bad day. And in fact, I I would think some people out there would hear my story and think, you know, dude, it was fine. You didn't need to leave, you know? Like, you could have just gone back to the tee box and hit another shot if you wanted, right? And I, I understand all of that, right? It's not the frame of mind that I was in at the time. And so, you know, I think we all have had those moments where we're like, I just need to get away, I need to get out of here, I need to stop doing this because things just aren't going well and it feels like the wheels are falling off and and it's not going to get any better. But with that, I want to encourage you to make sure that you're getting back on the horse, so to speak. To make sure that whenever you fail uh, miserably, (laughs) horribly, um, like I did, uh, there on my first shot that you try, try again. If it's something that matters to you, if it's something you care about, look again, we all have bad days. We all have bad moments. Um, personally, I always try to avoid bad days, because I feel like usually it's, it's just a bad half day, or it's just a bad couple of hours. And even like today, I think that's the case. I think the rest of my day today is going to be just fine. But, you know, these are the moments, I think, where, you know, champions can be forged, or we can let ourselves slip into a, a very unfortunate state. Um, So when you face adversity and when you have these horrible experiences, when you're embarrassed, when you're beat down, when you have like zero self-worth, when you feel like you're just not making any headway, no progress at all, I want you to promise yourself that you're not going to give up. You're not going to give up on the things that you care about, the things that mean something to you. You're going to keep going. You're going to keep pushing. You are not going to give up on yourself. I hope you'll make that commitment to yourself today, which is the commitment I'm making to golf. I enjoy it. It's fun. I didn't have a great experience today, but like my dad used to say, you know, if you got food poisoning at one restaurant, you're not going to quit eating. Okay, you get food poisoning at one restaurant, you're not going to stop eating. You might not go back to that restaurant, but you're not going to quit eating, right? So many of us are tempted, whether we do or not, we're tempted to throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? We have, you know, a bad experience here or there, and it, it, it becomes a defining experience in a negative way. So, uh, as you know, this podcast is dedicated to you and to your success. Thank you for listening today. Uh, I hope the story resonated or, you know, that this message somehow was able to touch you and to to move you in regard to your specific goals that you have and your ambitions. And um, it probably doesn't have anything to do with golf, (laughs) but I hope, uh, nevertheless, that you will have this resolve, that you will um, allow yourself when you slip, when you fail, to keep moving, to keep working, and to not give up on yourself, to not give up on your dreams. Well, thank you so much for listening. I hope if you haven't already, you'll subscribe to the Dude Fuel podcast. I am Cody Ray Miller, and I look forward to speaking with you again tomorrow. Thanks so much.